Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Really happy to have you here for today's episode. We are talking about how to turn your one-on-one nutrition practice into a one-to-many practice. And what I mean by this is you might have been seeing nutrition clients, you might have been burning the candle at both ends, trying to bring as many clients in as you can. You've been running out of time, running out of energy, and you frankly just can't grow your business anymore by seeing one-on-one clients only. So what I'm doing is bringing on Julie Ralston, who's a designer and head boss lady of Jules Design. She helps health and wellness experts like you to build profitable programs and websites. Her work helps you to get noticed online, charge what you're worth, and finally have that fulfilling business that you've been craving. And she's really the pro when it comes to creating a one-to-many business model. So this could mean doing group programs, it could mean creating an online program, or it could also mean creating a membership site. And Julie's really the one to talk about how to take that idea of the one-to-one model in your head and turn it into that one-to-many model. So let's get started with Julie. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm really excited to have you on. I think today's topic is something I haven't really covered much, as I was saying to you before we started recording, um, you know, how to transition your one-on-one practice to -to one-to-many practice. It's something that so many people are curious about and want to know about. And like I said, I haven't covered this topic fully on here. So you are like the right person for me to bring on. I'm really excited to have you here. So why don't, yeah, yay. Why don't we just get started with, uh, who you are, um, a bit of your background, how you started working with um, health and wellness professionals. Okay. Well, I'm Julie Ralston. I'm the owner of Jules Design, and I'm a design partner for Busy Health and Wellness Pros. So basically, I help entrepreneurs grow and scale their businesses by helping them create one-to-many programs, courses, and membership sites. So that way they can focus on all of the really important stuff, like making that life-changing impact in their clients' lives and growing their businesses while I focus on all the design and tech stuff that comes with creating one-to-many programs. So I just try to make the process really easy and seamless and allow my clients to hit those launch schedules because we all have like those deadlines that we really want to reach. And then as far as working with health and wellness pros, I'm really just a big fan of everything that you all are doing. I know a lot of people listening are nutritionists and dietitians and I'm just really a big fan of nutrition overall. I love finding healthy recipes online and researching nutrition. Fitness is like a big hobby of mine. I love yoga, Pilates, all of those types of things. And I actually used to be a green beauty blogger myself. So health and wellness is just overall a really big part of my life. Mm, That's awesome. So it's cool. It's actually funny. I had somebody on last week that said something similar. (laughs) They're not, you know, um, a health coach or a nutritionist that kind of change careers, but they have this long, um, really strong love for nutrition. And I think that's so cool when you can merge, you know, your background in design and strategic work with something that you really like in your life. So 
Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've loved it. So when I first started, I was working as a designer with everybody and mostly female entrepreneurs, but I naturally found that my favorite projects to work on were those with like conscious brands and health pros, because I just would go over and above for those brands. And I found myself, found myself kind of naturally um, working extra hard on their projects because I wanted to see their businesses succeed and grow. And it was just really important to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you feel good sense. about what you're doing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, you can never feel bad about what you're doing when you know it's to help other people, right? Like, yeah, it just feels really good. And you feel inspired. And like you said, you want to go that extra mile, because we're, I mean, you and I are kind of similar, we're those in between people. So we're maybe not the one that is helping the actual person, like we're not helping the client with their health issue or anything like that. But we're that in betweener who's helping the person who helps the people. Exactly. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, super important. <laughs> yeah. So just a little bit of background, I would love to know, like, a little bit more about this idea of, you know, someone creates their idea, and then they come to you and you do the background work. So can you give us an example? Let's say someone came to you, you know, with the idea that they've been working with clients one-on-one for helping moms with their nutrition. Maybe it's getting like, you know, a mom that's really busy and stressed out, getting her to eat better and take care Mm -hmm. of herself. What would be the next step then? Someone would come to you and then what would you do with them to kind of lead them down the path to helping them get their like tech um, and strategic part of the business set up? Right. Yeah, that's a really good question. So When somebody comes to me, I always want to make sure that they have a really solid foundation for like their one-on-one services down before they're considering scaling. And what I mean is that their process is really seamless. So they're very clear on who their niche is and the results that they're bringing with their one-on-one services. So in the case you just gave, um, working with busy moms, that that would be a great example. It sounds like that person would really have their one-on-one services down and has like a proven system in place that really is working well. So once somebody is feeling really comfortable with their one-on-one services, that's a really good time to consider like scaling and becoming a one-to-many practice and kind of stepping into that role. So I think that the easiest way to make that transition is to think about how you can turn your one-on-one service, the one that already exists and that you know is proven and works really well, into a one-to-many program, a course, or a membership site. And generally speaking, a program is going to be the natural transition because like, you can just go straight from your one-on-one service. You can basically turn your one-on-one service into a one-to-many program and help, you know, 10 to 15 people or as many people as you would like at once without needing to like change up the entire process and create something completely brand new because you're still getting that exact same result. You're just doing it in a different way. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And so I think this brings up another question. um, One that a lot of people ask me is, you know, when is that time that you're ready to then shift to that one to many model? Like how many one on one clients do you have to see? Um, And I guess this is a two part question, because I also see a lot of people just starting their business out with doing group coaching or wanting to run an online program. You know, what is kind of that magic number of one on ones that people need first before moving it into a different kind of model? I don't know if there is a magic number, but I think just having that 
sort of social proof and maybe testimonials that what you're doing is really working and that you're able to get results for your ideal clients. So I think just making sure that your entire system and process is in place before you scale can be really helpful. And there's definitely exceptions to the rule. I mean, some people maybe just want to jump right into a one-to-many you know, coaching program or something like that. But either way, I would just make sure that your process is really seamless and that you're clear on who your audience is, like who your niche is, who you want to help, and then what their pain points are, what their struggles are, and the result that you're bringing them. Because if you're not really clear on those things, it's going to be hard to to scale your business and create, you know, like a course, a program, or a membership site. Mm. So are we talking about, you know, that person with this idea doing a lot of research beforehand, seeing what's out there, seeing what their, you know, ideal client um, really wants or needs, and then creating that program based on that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think that doing like market research is a great place to start when you're like considering scaling. In fact, that's like one of the first steps I would say that people would want to take when creating that like one to many offering for their ideal client. So you just want to make sure, again, that you're like really clear on those pain points that your ideal client has and the result that you'll be bringing them with your program or your course or your membership site, because that's just going to set you up for, for success from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So then what about those that person there that's thinking, you know, this sounds like a really good idea, but I'm, and I don't have a lot of practice with working with one-on-one clients. Um, I know that I want to do some kind of group program or online program, but I'm scared that everybody is going to have different problems or everybody's going to need personalization. You know, how do you approach that when you're working with your clients? Yes. So I think that that can tend to happen more so with one-on-one services where you're getting a lot more of that personalization. And that just comes from talking with somebody one-on-one. So you might end up finding that you're tweaking things a little bit when you're working one-on-one with clients versus when you're working in the one-to-many model. So my recommendation for one-to-many is to outline everything ahead of time, have like a really seamless process in place so that it doesn't really leave room or like wiggle room for people to want to change and like reinvent the wheel as they're going through your program or your course. If it's all just outlined to get them results and it's um, like say it's a course and it's separated out into different modules, people are going to follow along on those modules and get to the desired result. Mm. So what we're really talking about here is like creating a framework that we can like bring the person kind of from point A to point B, but it's not like we're leaving it open-ended for them to decide and have things changed and moved around and so on and so forth. We're setting it, you know, as that expert knowing they need to Mm -hmm. go step one, two, three, four, and we're, we're creating the order for them. Yes, exactly. You're the expert. So you know how to organize things in the best way possible to get somebody that desired result. So as long as they are following your system, they're going to get that result that, um, you know, is is promised with the group program. And I think that's really the best way to go about it so that nothing like kind of new kind of slips through the cracks. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So what would you then say some of the benefits are of, you know, going, moving from that one-on-one service to the one-to-many? Like maybe can you paint a picture for us, like the person who's Mm -hmm. doing a lot of one-on-ones right now, like what are their limitations or what are they maybe experiencing or feeling? And then what could it look like for them to move to that one-to-many model? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. 
So I would say one of the biggest things that comes up for a lot of my clients is that they honestly just really want to help more people. So creating a course, a program, or a membership really allows you to help more people with like, uh, for instance, gut issues, for instance. Um, and I know a lot of nutritionists and dietitians have a goal of helping people. You know, that's really what they're all about. They want to make that life-changing impact in their clients' lives. And being able to do one-to-many programs allows you to just help more people. And that can be a really big driver for a lot of my clients. Um, another one that comes up a lot is you have the potential to earn more income as you scale your business. So this is just simply because you're selling your offering to more people. So you can market a program to like 10 people, for instance, and launch multiple times throughout a year. And memberships and courses can essentially have unlimited earning potential you know, whether they're up on your website indefinitely, always available, or you launch them multiple times throughout the year, you can definitely scale your business and earn more income with a one-to-many offering than you can with one-on-one services. And then finally, I would say the last thing is it's going to save you a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So yes, it definitely takes time to set up a one-to-many offering once you're like getting started, but once it's done, it's really done. So you can kind of tweak things between launches and, you know, take feedback from people and improve things. But yeah, once it's done, that's really it. And you have it set up and kind of working for you just kind of on rinse and repeat. Mm. So some of the things you might be hearing on your sales calls or, you know, when you're learning the pain points of your ideal client, you might be hearing, you know, um, I'm, I feel stretched thin. I don't have enough time to bring on more clients. Um, I want to serve more people. I want to impact more people. Like what else are you commonly hearing? Just, and I ask you this mm-hmm. just so the person who's listening might be able to kind of hear if maybe they've been saying those things a lot and maybe if it's time for them to switch over. Right. Yeah. I think that there's definitely a few things that come up on a lot of my calls. Um, and one of the most common ones is that, they've hit a cap on their earning potential. So with one-on-one services, there's really only only so much time and earning potential that you can have. And there's really only two options there to kind of improve your situation if you're unhappy with the amount of income that you're earning. So you can either charge more or take on more work. Mm -hmm. So you could hire a team to take on more work you could charge more as you, you know, step into that expert role and and all of that. But at a certain point, you might feel like you've hit a cap on your earning potential or you could just be experiencing really slow growth and want to bump up your numbers. Maybe you've got a really big income goal that you want to hit. Um, and that's definitely one of the big reasons that I see a lot of people wanting to switch over to a one-to-many model. Mm-hmm. Um Another one is, like I was saying earlier, just allowing you to reach and help more people. I think that's a really big driver, especially for health and wellness pros, because we do just really want to make that life-changing impact in people's lives and help as many people as possible. And that just might sound really appealing to you. And then another one can be just you don't really like one-on-one services anymore Mm -hmm. or you're just not Mm -hmm. feeling called to do them anymore. And that's totally fine. I don't think that everyone loves working one-on-one with people or things can change, your business can shift and grow. And you might decide that that just isn't the direction for you anymore. And maybe you would prefer to work in kind of more of a one-to-many setting. 
And like I said, I think that's totally fine. Um, the only thing I will say there is that if you don't like working one-on-one because you're feeling maybe like burnt out or like your process is constantly changing every single time, that could be more of an issue with a lack of a really good process for your service. Um, so you could potentially remedy that by making sure that you've got a really good system in place and kind of sticking to that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, and the The only other thing, the final reason I guess I hear a lot on calls is that you're just like ready to scale and kind of step into that CEO role. And if that's you, I probably didn't even need to tell you that because you probably already have a really powerful signature offering that you have been thinking about for a while. You're really excited about it. You're ready to step into that CEO role and hire people and grow your business and just ready to like shoot for the moon. So <laughs> mm-hmm. take it that next level. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So those are kind of some of the main reasons that a lot of my clients want to scale their business to one to many and move into that. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, thank you for outlining all that. I think so many of us um, don't really catch ourselves when we're saying the same things over and over, like I need more help, or I need more time back, or mm-hmm. I'm not liking this anymore because of XYZ. And I think at least what I hear you saying is starting to recognize when we've maybe hit our cap with a certain thing, or maybe we need to change processes, or maybe we need to do something different to impact more people. But we really need to be the that expert or that um, authority or that business owner that has the foresight to say, listen, like, here's what I want to see coming in the future. Um, I want to change from one on one to one to many, but we don't want to hit that wall where we burn out and we can't even get to that place. We kind of want to start working it into our process um, early on. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you could start thinking about it before you even are ready to scale to a one-to-many program. If that's just like a direction you want to move in the future, I think it's good to just think about it. Maybe as you're working through your services with clients, maybe think about, oh, how could I really easily transition this one-to-many you know, or sorry, one to one-on-one service into a one-to-many program eventually. What would that look like? And you can just start to think about that and sort of daydream about it a little bit and just sort of plan for the future. It doesn't have to be some sort of concrete plan that you have. I think it's good to just like keep in mind because you never know how your business is going to like shift and grow in the future. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, kind of a side thing to bring up is with a one-to-one program offering, you know, you are your business 100%. If you can't show up, you're sick, or you want to go Mm -hmm. on holidays, or (laughs) one of the many things that might happen, you know, how can that service still get provided? Where a one-to-many, if it's like an online program, or maybe a group program, maybe run that group a few times, so you can kind of put it more on autopilot. And if you're sick, or something like that, then at least it's running for you, you know, we're working with the system, not against it, where, you know, if something goes wrong, like we can't run our business. Does that make sense? Yes, that's a great point. I mean, yeah, if you want to take a vacation, if you end up becoming sick, anything like that. um, I know for me, I'm actually expecting a baby right now. So a big one for me is thinking about like maternity leave, and all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, with one on one services, you know, that's once you're out for a little while, you're out. So yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. yeah, one one to many can really help with that. Um, 
and allow you to kind of make, I don't really like the word passive income too much, but um, because it makes it sound like you're not doing anything, Mm -hmm. which that's not really how it is. But if you have like a course or program or membership site set up, a lot of it is something that you can continue to launch and continue to make income from Mm -hmm. without having to kind of like start all over again. Yeah, I love that you brought that all up. It's so true. So then would you say that if somebody's not maybe at the place right now where they can shift into one to many, maybe they're just like still in school or newly graduated or need a bit of or want a bit of practice with one to ones, should they still be kind of writing down when they're working with, let's say, ex client, you know, here's what I was teaching them, here's what I really liked. And then, um, why client? Here's what I taught them. Here's what I really liked. And starting to see like a thorough line or starting to see that framework where they can kind of start to piece together what this would look like in more of a one-to-many offering. Yeah, I think that would be a great way to go about it if it's something you definitely want to shift to in the future. To think about that in such a forward-thinking way could be really helpful. And just jotting down notes as you work with people. And also, if you don't have a niche yet, if you're just starting out, I think really, um, when you're just starting out, like maybe you don't actually know who your niche is and you do want to work with a lot of people just to kind of get your foot in the door, see who you like to work with and that sort of thing. I think also taking notes on that and getting really clear on, oh, I really liked working with this person and I didn't like working so much with this type of person or helping somebody with this sort of thing, um, can really help you get clear on what you want to do. So maybe after, a year of working one-on-one with clients, you realize, oh, I really love helping women, um, you know, with PCOS and helping them kind of improve their lifestyle to manage their PCOS symptoms. Something like that. Whatever is going to kind of come out of it, having a niche is going to really help you um, to scale your business too in the future. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then I might be throwing you for a curveball here. I'm really asking your opinion here. What do you think about having a niche? You know, I am in the belief and I've seen this in my practice and in so many other people's practices, you know, having a niche and a clear focus and talking about the same things over and over creates a better business model, creates a more straightforward business model, creates more of an expert role. Um, But then you do get some people who argue that you don't have to have a niche and you can have many different things and many different offerings. Mm -hmm. What camp are you in? (laughs) I'm definitely in the it's good to have a niche camp for sure. I totally agree with you. Um, I think it really helps to target in on a specific audience because the reality is if you're trying to talk to everyone, maybe you're like a general health coach or something, um, it can what can end up happening is you end up targeting nobody because you're not being specific enough and talking about who you can actually help, mm-hmm. what you actually fix, what pain points your clients are having. So they're not really getting to connect with you because they're not connecting with the struggles that maybe you had in the past and now you have fixed and that you can fix for them. And it's just so much easier to tell stories around things and market your business when you actually have someone that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're on the same team here. But <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was um, chatting with my partner, Craig, yesterday because um, I was talking to him, kind of doing a bit of a teaching moment for him because I can never turn off. I was yeah. like, talking about the whole niche thing and how, you know, I really love when my clients have clarity in their niche because it makes it so much easier 
you know, I can get on board with them. We can really scale a lot faster where Mm -hmm. some of the people who don't have clarity in it, it's harder. And some people just want to push against the resistance and not follow the niche framework. And I see that it takes a lot longer for their business to get going. And what I was saying to him to explain was, um, so his trade is a scaffolding. So he's a scaffolder. Um, So he works like with boats and he works on cruise ships and he works like in industrial settings and builds all these scaffolds. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, you know, what would it look like if um, all of a sudden your boss was to say, well, now you guys are window cleaners. And then they (laughs) need to shift gears and start, you know, building the scaffolding, but then cleaning the windows at the same time. And it was, we had a really interesting conversation about it because it gave him a lot of clarity that like, you know, if we're not in our lane and we're constantly trying to juggle different things or talk to too many different people or try to be the expert in too many different things, we don't really end up being that honed in expert on one thing. And it's harder for people to trust who we are and what we do. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. I mean, you just have to be or being focused in on like one specific topic can really help because it is going to like you're going to be the expert in that area. Whereas if you're trying to be a generalist and be everything to everyone, you end up just being, you know, you're not really helping anyone. (laughs) And I know that Mm -hmm. might sound kind of harsh, but it is sort of the reality is that you're just not really helping anybody if you aren't getting really crystal clear on who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Well, and then going back to what we're talking about, like you won't necessarily be able to move it into a one-to-many model because you don't have that clarity on what people even want or you don't have that um yeah you don't have that background or framework so you might try to launch a one-to-many group program to help people get healthy and well but it's not really landing with anyone because it's not giving them like an actual solution to a problem it's a little bit too generic Mm -hmm. yes exactly If, if you're not clear on what the the pain points are for your ideal client Um, And if you're not clear on who your ideal client is, then you can't be clear on like the pain points. And then you can't really be clear on what results they actually need because Mm -hmm. you're trying to get a a general result for everyone when every single person is struggling with different health concerns. So it's good to kind of like pick one, probably whatever you know the most about and whatever you're the most interested in and really like go all in on that. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's less stressful too, because I remember being in practice, you know, I'd get an intake form from someone like a client intake form, and they'd say, I have fibromyalgia. And then someone else would say, I have arthritis. And someone would say, I have digestive problems. And Mm -hmm. I have Crohn's. And I was like, Oh, my God, I have to learn so much about everything. And it's like that you're that like Jack or Jill of all trades, but you're not actually like really, really good at one thing. And then it doesn't really give people the incentive to want to work with you if you can't actually help them get to the finish line, if you're kind of trying to juggle everything. so um, Right, because they need a lot of help with their specific thing. So they need an expert in that. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> I think so when there's so many health professionals out there, um, we can't just stay generic because then we're not you know, we are that like, um, small fish in the big pond, right? We really need to make a statement and show how we can help solve that problem. And we're only going to do so if we can get more clear, more clear. So I think, (laughs) I feel like (laughs) we've definitely shifted the conversation to really nail down and say why niche is important. But I think it in the overall picture, like, again, people can't necessarily move into that different model if they haven't gotten clear. So yes, definitely. I totally agree. 
Yeah. Why don't you just then bring us through, you know, what would then be the step someone's decided one-on-one maybe is feeling limiting to them or they want Mm -hmm. more time or more money or whatever it is. They want to move into the one-on-one model. How do they get started? What are these first steps they would take? So definitely like what we were just talking about, you want to make sure you've got your ideal client, your niche really clear and those pain points, um, really understanding what your ideal client is struggling with what, and also what they think they're struggling with and how you're going to help them with your program, your course, or your membership. So what value is your program going to provide? Um, what result are you going to bring your clients? So getting really clear on all of that, like we were just talking about, I think that's really step number one. And then another kind of like introductory thing um, you'll want to do is decide what kind of one-to-many offering you want to create. So I've been talking a lot about programs and courses and membership sites throughout this episode, but that's kind of the thing you're going to want to consider. Um, do you want it to be a course? where users can watch videos and fill out workbooks for each module. You know, what is going to be the best way for your ideal client to absorb this information in a one-to-many format? So do you want it to be a one-to-many program where you invite like 10 people into a close-knit program where you're all working to achieve the same result? Um, So maybe, for instance, you're a nutritionist and you're helping women manage their PCOS symptoms, kind of like I was talking about earlier, through lifestyle changes. Um, This could be a great option if you're transitioning from a one-on-one service and want to keep the process really similar. So I think that programs are just a really natural transition if you are if this is like your first one-to-many offering, a program can be a really great way to do this very easy, easily and seamlessly. So programs are great for that sort of thing. And then finally, the last option is sort of that membership style, which allows you to make reoccurring revenue, um, usually on a monthly basis, but you could also set it up to be annual or quarterly or have different payment plans for people. Um, And this, generally speaking, is a good option if your ideal clients need ongoing support. So lots of times you'll see kind of core content, sort of similar to a course where people can access um, all of that information like as soon as they join the membership. And then maybe you're adding more video lessons each month, or maybe you offer hot seat calls where a person gets one-on-one support and coaching from you on a call and then everyone else who's inside that membership who has very similar struggles and is a part of the community can watch and learn from that call. So with a membership, you're kind of offering the best of both worlds between a course and a program. You're getting kind of that that sort of core content and ongoing content creation and then also access to you. So I would just start thinking about which one of those options is going to be the best fit for your business. And that's probably like the best place to start. Mm, I love that you went into memberships. That's something (laughs) that I haven't actually talked about on this uh, podcast. And it's something that I've really considered for my business. But I'll be honest, like I have one-on-one coaching. I have group programs. I Mm -hmm. have online programs. Memberships kind of scare me. (laughs) I'll be honest. I don't know why, but the idea of it, because I don't think I knew exactly what it was. And my inclination, as I'm sure a lot of you listening can also relate, is I always want to give more and I always want to show up and I want to over overgive and give, you know, just like keep adding things. And I feel like for me and my personality, 
I might always be feeling like I'm indebted to owing more in a membership style type of Mm-hmm. Um, opportunity or, or, or offering. So do you find that with some clients? Like, do you find that they're like, and we'll add this and we'll add that. And you're <laughs> like, whoa, 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 let's scale it back. Like, do you have a certain kind of framework for how people set up these offerings? That's a really good question. A lot of times, I mean, my clients are a lot of times the ones deciding how they want the framework to be, how the process will be organized and things like that. And then I'm doing all the design and tech setup for them. But I would say that I see a lot of people doing that because like you said, you want to help a lot of people. So I Mm -hmm. can totally see how that would happen. I think the best way to set it up is to have like that core content and really decide what that's going to be sort of similar to a course setup. So you're going to have maybe some video modules and workbooks to go along with that. So that way, as soon as somebody joins your membership, they have this kind of core information that's really going to help them with the problems that they are having right now. And you're going to be helping them with the solution. And then if you're going to continue to create content on a monthly basis or whatever it's going to be, you can kind of just have that more as bonus content that you're adding in. And that's something that they could watch. Or maybe you're just offering group coaching calls or like those hot seat calls. Maybe that's what you're offering in each month for like that continued support. So there's lots of different ways that you can continue to add that support. And personally, I think it's really nice when they're getting to have a little bit of connection with you. It's probably not going to be one-on-one connection, but having like group calls and things like that can really help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see. So now it, I can really see how it is like that marriage between an online program and maybe like a group program, but it's kind mm-hmm. of together and you get to be a little bit more hands-off. So you're not spending all of your time there. And then I'm assuming that right. wouldn't be your only offering would be a membership. Or do you have clients that that is all they offer? A lot of times my clients will offer one of these three things. So a course, a program, or a membership, and then they will also have one-on-one services. So a lot of times that's how it will be. But sometimes they might have more one-to-many offerings. Maybe they've got multiple one-to-many offerings going on because you can offer things at different price points as well. And that's going to attract different people to want to work with you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So something that I see a lot, um, helping people kind of transition out of school, getting them started, you know, a lot of people, I think here, um, online program or group program. So a lot of people will come to me and say, well, I need to set up my one-on-one pack, my one-on-one coaching package. And I want to start with a group program. And then I also want to start with an online program <laughs> and then maybe a membership. And anyways, it, you know, I feel overwhelmed for them at the beginning because right. I know how, you know, for me, five and a half years in my business, um, you know, I've been coaching for the last two and a half, like it's taken me time to transition things in. What would you say to people that want it all right now? Like, is that smart? Or does it make more sense to test one thing out, make tweaks, and then do the next thing? I think definitely testing one thing out, making tweaks, and then doing the next thing. Um, If you try to do too many things at once, you might find that you're not doing any of those things as well as you could be. I really like to encourage my clients to focus on one, whatever it is, if it's going to be a signature service where you're going really in depth on how to organize like your one-on-one service so that it's going to really get results for your ideal client. I think that's great. If you want to start with a service that's going to be this like method that you can use over and over again for your clients, that's great. Or you can go the one-to-many route and work on something that you can 
um, launch over and over again to multiple people. But again, you're going to really want to make sure that that process is really seamless and in place before you launch it because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can tweak things along the way. Sure. So like you'll get feedback after the first launch from people that went through it and then you can tweak things and work on things from there and relaunch it even better the next time. I think it's great to learn as you go. Nothing's going to be perfect when you put it out there. Mm -hmm. And if it is, you waited too long to launch it. I think that's what everyone (laughs) says. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You need to make the blunders and make the mistakes and and learn. And I mean, I, I'm in my, I'll be going into my fourth um, iteration of my group program. So the fourth time I've run it Mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to go back and make changes to the content based on feedback I got from the people in the third round. Um, So I think it's just, yeah. And I think it's just like keeping yourself open to knowing that, you know, the final copy is never the final copy. Like you're always (laughs) going to be updating. You're always going to be changing. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's always changing. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And this this is part of the work, right? And we're really getting to learn from people and and take their feedback and then not taking that as like a personal attack or personal problem, but like looking at it strategically and saying, how can I help them better next time? And then right. tweaking from there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it could be the their the way you were setting up um, like how they're actually learning and absorbing the information. It could be something you never even thought of before. And that feedback can be really helpful for a future round, future launch round for the program. Mm-hmm. So one more question that I have is, do you usually recommend to your clients or to anyone creating a one-to-many program that they spend, you know, I don't know how much time, but let's say like, one to three months in like this, like hibernation creation mode, they're like, really doing the market research, getting everything strategically done, um, filming all the videos, if it's a Mm -hmm. video course, um, getting all the handouts done, and then launching it? Or do you actually kind of flip it on its head and say, launch it, get people kind of prepaid into it, and then create the offering? What is the way that you do that? Mm -hmm. I think it really depends on the launch strategy. (laughs) What I found working with people on um, programs like this is that all of them are a little bit different and everyone's launch strategy is a little different. And I think both of those approaches can work really well. Um, I will say I do think it's important to test the market and make sure there's an interest in it, whether you're you know, selling it maybe at a lower price point and kind of testing to see if people are interested in it. Or maybe you're creating just an email opt-in to see if people are interested in kind of like a preliminary, something you would use to gather interest for the program, the course, or the membership. Because if people are interested in that email opt-in, then they might be interested in your paid offering later on down the line. I love that. I never yeah. thought to use the email opt-in as like a testing model. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's great. That's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be really helpful. And then of course you can also survey your audience. I love to send out like surveys to um, like my email list. If I really have questions, I think it's fine to just ask, you know, ask your ideal mm-hmm. clients because they'll let you know if it's going to be really helpful or not. You can even use like polls on Instagram and questions on Instagram just to ask quick questions and get an idea if there's any interest for it. And mm-hmm. people will let you know, I think so. 
helpful. Yeah. I think so many times we think we need to like guess and be so unique and different and like reinvent the wheel and like do something mm-hmm. nobody's ever seen before, which I think it's really cool and creative and we get to be in that creative role. But yeah. sometimes that's not what's going to land with people, right? It's too left field or they're not connected to it or it's not actually solving their problem. So like you said, you know, asking your audience, pulling your audience, learning from them is actually going to push your business forward. So don't worry about having to make this the new next best thing that sort of left field just create what they actually need yes exactly and another thing to kind of think about as you're like going along um when you when you are actually in the midst of creating this program is the type of tech tools and content types that you'd like to utilize with your one-to-many program so earlier you brought up like video modules. Um, Like if it's a course, you're going to want to create maybe those video modules and PDF workbook lessons. Or maybe if it's a group program, you're going to want to utilize tools like Zoom for group calls. I think just thinking ahead for the types of um, platforms and tools that you'd like to use, that's going to be really helpful just to make the process really seamless and easy for your clients. Mm -hmm. So if somebody was to hire you, would they come to you and say, Julie, I have this amazing idea here. You know, I've done the market research. I've got it all set up, you know, or maybe you guys are doing that together. Mm-hmm. Do you literally just take that idea and say, okay, I've created your freebie and I've set up your, um, I, I don't know if you're doing like email sequences or anything like that, mm-hmm. or I've set up your tech, you know, like I've, again, I don't know if you use Teachable, but however yeah. you're setting things up for people, is that what you're actually doing? So it's very much like the person's the idea, the, the, visionary, the creative, and then you just do all of it for them? Right. So what I do is I really come in as a design partner for their business. So we'll have like a creative strategy session. That's usually how I'll kick off my projects together with people. And I'll really get a feel for their vision for this program course or membership. And then I bring it to life. So we'll talk about different um, platforms and things like that on the call, because a lot of times I'm helping out with like the tech side of things as well as design. So I love Teachable. You mentioned that earlier. Mm. Like Kajabi is great too and Thinkific. Those are some other really good platforms. And I think that using a platform like that really helps to um, show that you're the expert and the professional because your clients can really log in and access that information anytime, anywhere versus something like an email course, which can be great for an email opt-in or something like that. But an email course, you could easily delete an email and have missed a big part of a course or something. Um, So I don't always think that's the best way to go about it. But sometimes that's the direction my clients want to go. So we'll talk about like, how we're going to work through all of that strategy side of things. And then um, also for like programs, you might want to consider how you're going to keep your clients accountable. So how are you going to check in and make sure that they're you know, um, staying on track with their goals and things like that. So I just think thinking of any tech things ahead of time is going to make your life easier. And then once all of that has sort of been decided, then I kind of work with my clients to make sure that the marketing side is in place. So Mm. for a lot of my clients, they're going to want help with um, social media graphics. And if they're doing like a launch webinar presentation, maybe they need a deck or presentation design to go along with that. Maybe they need help with their sales page design and strategy. So I'll kind of help my clients with all that design and tech stuff so that they don't have to worry about that and can focus more on the content creation and marketing. 
I love it. You are like the problem solver for everyone. (laughs) I just like had a big sigh of relief. I'm like, I wish I had that when I was getting started because I think we can get so in our heads and we're, we are excited about the idea of helping people, but then the strategy behind it, we're just like, I do not understand this. Forget it. I'm throwing in the towel. So I think the fact that you're there to help people not just conceptualize all of it, but actually strategically like put it in place for them, that is so amazing. Yes. Strategy is definitely one of my favorite things that I think it's such an important foundation to anything you're doing in business. If you don't have the strategy in place, um, I mean, like for instance, design. Design without strategy, it's just kind of looks pretty. It doesn't actually do anything. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you need it to be really strategic to actually work, to actually get people to um, work with you, basically. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. you can earn the income you desire. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then the last point I want to say was I I love that you brought up, you know, the accountability piece, because I think so many of us can work so hard getting a client or a customer to work with us like that beginning process. But Mm -hmm. then once they're in, we don't actually do anything to help them along the way. And this is something I'm really trying to uh, look at in my own business, you know, with my group program, like adding accountability in, you know, but also in my online program, you know, it's not just, hey, here you go. Good luck, (laughs) you know, which is the way that I had done it for a while. But I think adding some kind of aspect of like, I've got your hand or I'm going to help you or I'm going to move you forward. That's just Mm going to help bring that person to the finish line and then perhaps even work with you in some kind of next step way. Right. So it's like helping them to like, yeah, lead them through the process and really trust you. Yes, exactly. Because they are building up that trust along the way. They're getting to know you just a little bit. And if you do offer one-on-one services as well, they're going to feel like once they've reached the end of that group program or whatever it is, that they felt really supported and that they want to take the next step. So you can definitely get like repeat clients and customers that way. Mm, Yes. This has all been so good. Thank you so much, Julie. I've just like loved talking to you. I have a million questions I could probably ask you, but I don't (laughs) want to keep people here forever. So um, why don't we? Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Why don't we just finish by um, you telling us where people can find you? You know, people are probably interested now in taking that idea and putting it into a concrete kind of strategic plan of action. So where can they find you and how can they work with you? Yes. Um, so I'm on Instagram. I'm always hanging out over there. I'm at Jules Design Co. And then my website is JulesDesign.co. And on my website, I also have a really helpful guide for those of you that are interested in turning your practice into a one-to-many practice called the Signature Program Roadmap. And it's totally free. You can grab that on my website if you're interested Um, And it's just going to walk you through a lot of the things that we talked about here today. And I have a um, a roadmap in there that will help you to be really like organized, check things off of your list (laughs) and kind of decide what you want to like outsource and automate so that you it will kind of take you from, you know, point A to Z so that you can launch your signature program, your course or your membership site. Mm, That is fantastic. Yeah, guys, go run. Get that now. It sounds (laughs) like it's amazing. And, you know, um, the best action that you guys can all take is, you know, taking what we've talked about today and sitting down, brainstorming, writing your ideas out, going to download her um, signature program roadmap, you know, taking that next step. Because sometimes we can sit in that overanalyzation mode of, okay, I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking of it, but the action is really what's going to bring you to that next step. So definitely, you know, sit with this info, um, you know, 
download Julie's guide and take that next step now. So yes, just getting started. I totally agree. Yeah, it's the hardest thing sometimes, but it is the thing to really push us to that next step. So thank you so much, Julie. I really appreciate you coming on and we will talk with you soon. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.